0: Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle L. Frank and Ray Flowers Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at fantasyguru.com. Uh, Wish us luck
1: on this Wednesday. We'll see how things go. Kyle Alfrey Grey Flowers with you. It is Fantasy Sports Daily. I say wish us luck because uh, Ray, as everybody goes through and deals with and has to challenge themselves with computer issues this morning. So fingers crossed on my end that we can stay upright here.
0: Yeah, it's really... It's amazing what we can do. We've always talked about it. You're in St. Louis. <laughs> I'm in California. We used to you know, do shows with producers that were in D.C. with the show coming out of New York. Like, it's amazing how all this works. <laughs> but at the same time, it's amazing how often it doesn't work. And it's so frustrating. Have, raise your hand, right? Like, how this happens like once a week to everyone. Like, yeah. so your phone, your car, <laughs> something just doesn't work. And it's so frustrating. Am I loud? Am I quiet? Are
1: you hearing me? I see Sal in the room is like, hey your your volume Kyle. Yeah, oh, when well, you me. raise
0: your voice it it doesn't clip but it gets okay. so maybe you want to be a little monotone today Kyle. I'll,
1: I'll be monotone Kyle uh, <laughs> for the next hour. Or so, uh what do we got for you today? Well, let's show you what we have for you today. Um we got a lot of football. <clears throat> yes, we are still in the thick of football. Don't worry about that. Uh getting a set for the playoffs, a lot of news coming out of there, so we'll give you the latest injury news. Uh we are going to talk uh, playoff formats. Uh, fantasy football tomorrow and Friday, we'll kind of get into specifics uh, for who we like, maybe DFS, that kind of stuff. But today uh, we will lay out some formats that you might be interested in playing. And and I think Ray, there is a column. Uh, I think I saw it yesterday. Russell Clay posted a column with his thoughts on a variety of playoff formats too.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, Tyler Beaker's got an FFPC one up as well. So okay. yeah, there's a couple options <clears throat> there. We're kind of trying to cover some of the main ones. I know people ask which service to use and stuff. Well, we can dive into that. But you and I have always enjoyed doing the playoff format, and I hope everyone out there listening is playing DFS, playing a playoff tournament, something to keep it going here in fantasy football.
1: Yeah, it does keep the excitement going into January. So uh, good times uh, to talk about there. Also, some more news and notes. Mike Vrabel is out in Tennessee, so we'll talk about the Titans and. My goodness, where do they go from here? It could be a very, very interesting offseason for a team like the Tennessee Titans, so we will hit on that. And, of course, we will continue our positional recap of all things quarterbacks. Yesterday, we uh, hit on the hits. Today, we'll go on the opposite, the disappointments. I will note, Ray, a guy who was top 12 yesterday, a hit, is also going to land in our disappointments, Patrick Mahomes. So... I don't know if that's fair, Ray, but I'm going to call him a disappointment this year.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting how how you can be both, right? Like, you, you tend to think it's very binary. It's A or B. It's light or dark. It's good or bad. But sometimes it's falling in the cracks there in the middle. And Mahomes kind of had one of those seasons. You're right.
1: Yep. We'll see uh, some other quarterbacks, too, who didn't finish top 12. And they were healthy. That's the other thing. We're, we're not going to pick on guys. Who got injured we'll we'll stay away from that and we promised this yesterday we didn't get to it we'll get to it today uh mlb check-in and we actually had another signing yesterday the cubs finally got involved so uh, we'll take a look at some of the news in the last four or five days over the weekend that has broken because of course we are getting set for major league baseball ray flowers himself is getting set for major league baseball of course ray as we get set for baseball we also get set for deals we still got deals over at fantasy guru right
0: we do, absolutely. The promo code FSD20 is good for 20% discount. Again, as we say every day here on the show, it's our running one, FSD20, anything. You can buy hats, t-shirts, you can buy the football product, the baseball product, the hockey, the racing, the soccer, any of it, use that promo code FSD20. We've also got the the uh, DFS deal in place right now. So if you want to join us and play DFS, you've dabbled a little bit, but you've never really gotten involved with us directly with DFS. You can sign up now all the way through the Super Bowl. we got a package there for that. And then we've got our all-in rest-of-the-season football package as well. And this is the newer one that just debuted this week. And basically what it gets you is all the coverage, right, the rest of the season this year through the Super Bowl. But it goes beyond that because you also get the Super Bowl betting guide to help you with your wagering as you're sitting around eating nachos and wings. You can (coughs) play some bets to win there too. Uh, We also have the off-season franchise mode, which is part of that, which basically gets you us covering free agency. It's covering the draft with player profiles and all that kind of stuff. So you can sign up right now for the all-in package for the NFL. It'll basically get you covered through the draft.
1: Very good. Love to hear all those deals. I also love to see Ray's background. I've kind of been dealing with a variety of things right now, but I just noticed what Ray has behind him. The beautiful Buena Vista in downtown San Francisco. A, A true landmark to visit, if you're ever hanging out down there.
0: Yeah, it is. It's great. It's where they basically invented the Irish coffee. Uh, And it's Mm -hmm. right at the end of the cable car line. It's right there. You look out the front window of the restaurant and you can see the bay. Beautiful location, great spot. And they actually have interacted with me on social media. They follow me on social media at the Ray Flowers. So shout out to them. Uh, One of my favorite spots in the city.
1: And and when we say Irish coffees, um, Ray, I've been there, I think, three occasions. And I'm trying to recall if I've ever seen anybody in the Buena Vista not drinking an Irish coffee. <laughs> That's yeah. like
0: all they have. Yeah, it's really... Uh, they don't
1: do many Bud Lights, I don't think. The they, they,
0: pro- they probably have it, but I never looked. Yeah, they have a full bar, right? But yeah, you can go look at the videos on YouTube or whatever if you haven't yeah. seen it. Again, it's where they invented the Irish coffee and the, the bartenders will, will put out you know 15 glasses and they'll just go. Drop yeah. the sugar in, here comes the coffee, here comes the hooch, here comes the cream. It's a pretty <laughs> cool thing to watch.
1: Yeah, you don't even need to be drinking to be entertained. You can just watch those bartenders uh, go to work. Um, okay, Ray, let's get to work on our end. Let's uh, tackle the uh, news at hand, the business at hand. Uh, we'll actually start with these quarterbacks uh, because, again, throughout the week, we're, we're kind of tackling this position, a recap of what went down in 2023, a bit of a look ahead. Uh, Next week, we'll give some love to running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. We'll kind of do it throughout the month of January. Uh, Today, Ray, we're talking about the the letdowns at quarterback. And as I noted, we're not going to throw Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert or Kirk Cousins into this world. Although, Ray, those guys were all disappointments because of injuries. And maybe I'll start there. This used to be a position where you could say, man, if you drafted a stud, that's all you need to draft. Don't worry about a backup. Uh, because most of these, a lot of guys just played the 16 or 17 games. They stayed healthy. That obviously is going down the toilet lately, Ray. Last year was bad. This year was horrible. Is it now? And and then we see, speaking of horrible, the backups. Like, the backups leave so much that's lacking. Like, if you have to turn to the likes of Easton Stick, you're, you're done. You're, you're cooked. I, I wonder, Ray, to start this discussion of disappointments, Are we now maybe changing our idea of what you need to do on draft day with the QB position? I mean, do you need to draft a second quarterback? I've always been of the opinion, no, it's not necessary. You know, if you you draft Pat Mahomes, if you draft Justin Herbert, you know, Jalen Hurts, these high-end guys, don't worry about a second quarterback. You can always pick one up on the waiver wire gosh, that really changed this season because the waiver wire pickups were pretty brutal and the starters were going down left and right. It would have been nice if you just had two starting quarterbacks to uh, have on your roster.
0: It would have been. And I'm looking at the, the data right now. There were nine quarterbacks who played every game. Nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's woof. And, you know, I think the real issue with what you're saying is, what if your backup quarterback, and this is someone that we pushed on people at fantasyguru.com, this is someone who's on on my, te- my personal teams, Russell Wilson's rolling along. He's a fine QB two, everything's great. And they just benched him. I mean, even even in the case of Russell Wilson, he was doing exactly what you needed him to do as your second quarterback. He was a great turn to pivot injury, fill in, all that kind of stuff. And then in the fantasy playoffs, his team benched him. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know, Kyle, the the two quarterback drafting thing. I, I I think that people will do it more next year. I think that's fair. Whether it's the right thing to do, I think we still have to. It's determined based upon your league size, your bench yeah. size, how other people handle the position. Like if, you know, 22 quarterbacks are drafted and you're sitting there in your last round, take quarterback 23. Like, you yeah. know, I get that. If there's 15, 16 guys off the board, you know, and I'll, I'll throw out something that I've mentioned previously. Yeah. And I know no one wants to do it. I'm not really sure why we should do team quarterback. We should. Yeah, I mean cuz obviously if you're drafting Patrick Holmes, you don't care about Blank Gabbert. You're you're taking the, you know, <laughs> you know. So, I don't know why we don't do that so everyone at least has a quarterback cuz I know that people ran into this this year especially in super flex
1: or yeah. 2
0: QB leagues where they didn't they legitimately didn't have a quarterback to turn to because there was no one that was available.
1: Well, and and that's another point, Ray, in 2 QB leagues super flex, you got to draft three. You do. It, it that position Become so critical, you know. Most of me, you know, I'm I'm used to just one QB leagues. That's mostly what I play. But a lot of those leagues are now changing to two QBs, as you note, superflex, and it's now mandatory, Ray. If if you're going that way, it's not just oh, I I can use two and you know I'll be fine. No, you need three, because because if you are falling from, a, you know, if you lose your second quarterback, maybe the 19th best quarterback in football. You're probably cooked, you know, because I, I would suspect, right, in two QB leagues and super flex leagues, you know, of 12 teams, let's say, aren't 30 to 35 QBs getting drafted in, in leagues like that? I, I would think because 24 automatically are getting drafted and you know half the league's going to take a third quarterback.
0: Well, and you always say this yourself. You've always said, look, we shouldn't change the rules because of a one off. Yeah. So I I understand that people don't want to change things because 2023 may be a one-off. However, I think it is a growing trend because the league does everything they possibly can to protect quarterbacks. There's nothing more the league can do. And these guys keep going down with injury. Uh, I think we, we, as an industry, legitimately should stop two quarterback leagues. Just stop. Because at the end of the day, when you've got guys, quarterbacks, even average quarterbacks scoring 15, 18 points a week because they're playing – if you don't have that second quarterback because you lost him, you're just out. You're losing. You're, you're turning to, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba and hoping to get you 11 points. Like, you can't yeah. keep up. So, I think we got to go to super flex leagues. I think that's – because you still you, – everyone still uses the second quarterback. I know in a super flex league I'm in, I had Anthony Richardson and Russell Wilson, right? Anthony Richardson goes down. Then Russell Wilson, you know, gets – at the end of the season, I'm playing um, Stidham and O'Connell. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's not fun, right? So – um, I think we should. I think we should consider team quarterback. I think we should sure. get rid of the second quarterback and play super flex leagues. But yeah, if if you're in a league that's stubborn or in a deeper league, I mean, you're going to have to aggressively draft the quarterback. The problem is with all these guys going down with injury. And then some teams, I mean, look at the Browns. They signed a guy off the street in Joe Flacco. So it wouldn't matter if you had the backup in in Cleveland because that wasn't who actually ended up performing late in the year. Uh,
1: Henry in the uh, chat room says, uh, on draft day, would you rather have a second QB or a second tight end? 100% second QB.
0: 100%. Uh,
1: The the second tight end thing I just hate because I I don't even think it's a safe move. You know, With the second quarterback, right? it's the safety of I still have a starter. Where with the second tight end, I mean, in all honesty, you're drafting, I don't know, the 16th best tight end or maybe the 13th best tight end. That's not safety. You know, even though the position was better this year and performed more capably, it's not like you're gaining a huge edge by saying, oh, I'm not going to have to go to the waiver wire to hunt down a tight end if my lead guy gets hurt. Because, Ray, I don't, for the most part, I don't think the 15th tight end is very different from, say, the 22nd. You know, it's... It, it's a crap shoot. So to me, having that second QB way more important than a second.
0: Yeah. And I just look at it because I know people love to look at points angle, you know, that 15 to 22 tight end, that's an eight or nine point guy, right? The yeah. QB is <laughs> a 15 to 18 point guy. It's yeah. just more important. It's just more important to have that piece. And again, it all depends upon your league settings. If it's, you know, tight end premium and, you know, we can create scenarios, but in a traditional setup, the second quarterback is more important to your team than the second tight end.
1: Okay, we will leave that exit ramp and we'll get back on the highway of our main discussion, which is disappointing quarterbacks. Again, we're not including the guys who got injured. We are including or I am including Ray Patrick Mahomes. Uh, We talked about him yesterday when we went through the best quarterbacks. He did finish as a QB one. But Ray, I I think it'd be a challenge to find a Patrick Mahomes owner this year who was happy (laughs) with that. You know, They, they probably feel that they got ripped off because it's it's not just, oh, I took a good QB and he wasn't great. It's I took a good QB in the first round because that was the price to pay for Mahomes in a lot of leagues out there, Ray, was, you know, probably the back end of the first round, you know, somewhere between like nine and 15 is, is where he was landing. And and so the, the price he paid was high. I guess the good news is at least he stayed healthy you know we we didn't have any injuries for Patrick Mahomes which on occasion in the last few years he's missed a game or two but he stayed upright but uh, the scoring was was not to the level you know 40 plus touchdowns is what you drafted him for and he barely cleared 60% of that expectation with his touchdowns this year
0: i ran a poll yesterday on twitter x uh, at the ray flowers who is the top fantasy football quarterback in 2024 and uh, three guys and then the field, right? So Josh Allen got 51% of the vote. Jalen Hurts got 10% of the vote. Patrick Mahomes got 8% of the vote. Mm. And it was interesting because someone, you know, got a lot of back and forth uh, people talking about, you know, player A or B. And the Mahomes, one one person said with Mahomes, well, you know, they, they really balanced the offense out more this year, so he didn't throw as much. And I checked the data. He threw one less pass a game. So it was <laughs> uh And then the person said, well, he doesn't run. Totally fair. Yeah. But as I pointed out, Patrick Mahomes in 2022 scored like seven more points than Josh Allen in 2023 so it was just 12 months ago that the non-running quarterback was the top back going so it'll be very interesting to see because the early returns and this is one poll and who cares but the early returns strongly suggest remember Mahomes is under nine percent that no one's taking him one. I had a couple people say he's not even a top five quarterback next year. So it'll be fascinating to see. I'm predicting he's going to go quarterback three off the board, but we'll see.
1: Okay, other disappointments at QB, and, and Ray, I guess I'll start with Trevor Lawrence. And I think he truly fits the definition because Trevor Lawrence Ray was considered a very solid QB one. And I was one of those people. I liked this offense. I thought they would throw a ton. Uh, getting Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk. Evan. Now, th- he was not horrible, but he was not close to a QB1. I mean, he was drafted in the middle of QB1s. So he didn't end up there. Now, late in the season, there were injuries, but Ray, don't let that distract from what was going on even before that point with Trevor Lawrence. It, it was a chore for him, and it was great to see Ingram over 100 catches, but Honestly, they never seemed to be in a consistent groove with Calvin Ridley, and I was a little bit surprised at the lack of throwing with the Jaguars. I, I thought there would be another notch, another leap forward. I thought 600 passes was going to be easy for Trevor Lawrence, and it just wasn't the case this year with him.
0: I think, I will say it this way, you didn't win because Trevor Lawrence, but also also think... I don't think you lost because of Trevor Lawrence, but maybe you did because of the game you missed late and you, you had to scramble mm-hmm. there. But I think he—he he, you could have won with his level of production. Now that said, he disappointed. I mean, we've talked about it here on the show. It's been a running theme at FantasyGuru.com. He did not. He and the offense did not grow. He and the offense did not improve. There was none of that. And it's—it's it's eyeball test was even worse than the numbers. To be fair, mm-hmm. so he goes into his fourth season now. He's. You know, he was supposed to be a generational performer at the NFL level. That's out the window. Okay. the question is now, is he really even a franchise quarterback? Because you start looking at what he did and what he didn't do. And he's in that group of, you know, eight quarterbacks that are kind of beyond the elites. And it's like, well, you know, like, is he appreciably different than Russell Wilson? Oh, Ray, is he? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if he is. Well, Well, Russell Wilson's on
1: this list, too, Ray. Um, and, again, it's all expectations. He was not drafted to be a QB1 like Lawrence. But Wilson was drafted to be a QB2, a solid QB2. I thought Sean Payton would, would lift this offense up a bit. It didn't really happen, Ray. Um, even, like, the good games for Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. it, it was a true battle, Ray, to get him over 200 yards passing. You know? it You'd maybe get two touchdowns, you know, a, a touchdown here to Cortland Sutton and maybe a touchdown here to Adam Troutman or somebody. But, like, that was it with Russell Wilson. And, you know, the results early were, like, fantasy-wise, the numbers were good. But, like, you mentioned the eye test. That that was still really lacking with Russell Wilson. And now we go into an offseason, and his status with Denver is totally up in the air. Um, and, and maybe he lands elsewhere. Maybe they move on and he's a starter. But we're looking at Russell Wilson now, Ray, as nothing more than a game manager, no matter where he ends up, I think.
0: Yeah, and Russell Wilson scored as many touchdowns or produced as many touchdowns this year as Lamar Jackson. Look it up. 29 each. Uh, And I think that in the case of Wilson, he benefited because he was a top 15 quarterback this year in fantasy. Even with the benching at the end, he benefited because he played every week. On a per-game basis, was he great? No. You're totally right saying the guy was throwing for 187 yards every week or whatever the hell it was. And he needed that second touchdown or he was a disappointment. Yeah. There weren't any spike games. or weren't 300 passing yards. Like this was just I'm there every week. I'm solid every week. I'm quarterback 15, right? And, you know, again, there's value to that because he was drafted not to be a top 10 quarterback or anything like that. But I think the way the season ended and it, and the fact that there were no spike weeks was obviously disappointing. And and the other
1: two disappointments on here, Ray, are kind of in the Russell Wilson boat. It, you know, if you drafted these guys, you got them late. They were your QB2. But if we rewind the clock to late August, early September, both these guys were considered, oh, that's that's a good bet as a QB2. That's that's a, a good roll of the dice. It's Bryce Young and Mac Jones. Now it's it's almost chuckle-worthy, Ray, to think, oh, yeah, Mac Jones back in late August, because there was so much of, oh, he's figured it out. Offensive coordinator and him are on the same page. This is the year for Mac Jones disaster, Ray, and he's probably—I mean, the rest of his career, he's a backup, right? I mean, that's what Mac Jones—a backup QB, not a fantasy backup. I mean, this guy's a backup QB, and with Bryce Young, Ray, I, I don't know that it was particularly bad, but I think the problem he runs into is CJ Stroud figured it out, yeah, and so that comparison—he looks really bad compared to CJ is CJ Stroud. It's one year, you know, it used to be, Ray, if we saw a rookie quarterback perform like Bryce Young this year, he'd say, "Uh, kind of what you expect, you know, he's a rookie. Nowadays, no, you got to hit the ground running, and he did not in
0: 2023. Yeah, and, you know, even if Bryce Young has a solid career, he's always going to be a loser because of C.J. Stroud. (laughs) No, because of C.J. Stroud. You know what I mean? It's like C.J. – and this – you know, they're playing the audio on SiriusXM from draft day. Jeff Mann's up there, you know, saying it with his chest, saying, if you're taking Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud, you're bananas. <laughs> and he was one of the few people, few people anywhere that said that. The fact is, Bryce Young looks like your 10-year-old kid, right? He just does. And then here's C.J. Stroud. He's 6'3", 225, zinging balls. The eye test, again, I'm, I'm not a college football guy i'm not a scout i didn't but i don't know how you could look at those two guys and not prefer cj Stroud, just from the physical look at these two guys the way they carry themselves and then you watch the performance this year and it's not fair to judge young because again the the panthers are arguably the worst organization in football they're (coughs) terrible all the way to the top but bryce young as i said earlier this season i just don't see with bryce young him being anything other than a baker mayfield Hmm. Right. He's a game manager. He's a guy that can have good games. He can win some football games. He can produce some decent numbers. He's not a difference maker. He'll never be a difference maker. You have to surround him with everybody in order for him to do that. And that's, you know, when you're the number one pick in the country, that's not the way it should be.
1: You know, Stroud's going to be a top 10 QB next year. Is Bryce Young even going to be top 25 in fantasy football next year?
0: I, I, I don't care. I'm gonna say uh, go for it. You know, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, again, this, this the the Panthers are in utter disarray. The front office is in disarray. The coaching staff is in disarray. The offense is in disarray. Like I have no idea what pieces are going to be there. Who is he going to even have to operate with? Um, there you know, there's going to be all these glowing reports. I bet. Right. We're already starting to see the cover from him. There were too many people saying things to him. I you know, okay. I get. There's a lot that goes with being the number one pick and a quarterback in the NFL. But I I just can't see there being, like you are talking about earlier, I can't see that that step we were expecting from Trevor Lawrence this year that didn't happen. I'm not expecting a step from Bryce Young next year.
1: Uh, Those are what we are terming the disappointments of uh, 2023. Again, uh, many of you might say, no, the disappointment was, uh, you know, losing Aaron Rodgers in week one. I get it. (laughs) That was a letdown. And that was a a harbinger of things to come this season. Uh, Tomorrow we will tackle some of those vets who are coming off some severe injuries. And kind of what the outlook is, Um, you know, guys like Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, they kind of put pause on on their career. Uh, Where do they go from here? So we'll talk about those injured quarterbacks coming up tomorrow as we continue our breakdown of all things quarterbacks. Uh, Moving to some news and notes, some playoff news. Uh, Ray, first off with the Miami Dolphins, um, I guess pretty good news. Uh, Jalen Waddell, Raheem Mostert, both limited, Tyreek Hill limited. It would appear, Ray, going into this weekend, they play Saturday night against Kansas City. It sounds like these guys are going to give it a go on Saturday. But, you know, I, I don't know if that necessarily, I need, I wish I knew exactly how healthy they were. You know, in the playoffs, you play this game if you're 80%. Right. Um, you know, if you're 80% the regular season, like they may have been last week, even in a big time situation, Ray, they didn't play against the Bills which is a bit of a worry, I think, going into Kansas City and trying to get these guys right for the first week of the playoffs.
0: By the way, I might have had an aneurysm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Tyreek Kill, who was missing plays late in the game, was healthy enough to do backflips, right? Right? <laughs> um, Maybe backflips
1: are easier than playing professional
0: football. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I don't – they're playing. To your point, they're playing. Now, is that six snaps? Is, is there effectiveness here? That – yeah. And, you know, you feel – I don't know if you feel bad for teams, but I kind of do feel a little bad for the Dolphins because they're in, they're signing guys off the street. Like they're in utter disarray. Their their yeah. offense is all beat up. Their defense is trashed. Everyone's hurt. Uh, they're they're you know they obviously have a chance to win the football game, but it's going to be a steep climb. And if guys like Mostert and Waddle aren't close to a hundred percent, the offense is is rather uh, predictable. Is not the right word. they they're they're not they're not balanced enough to do enough to put up big points without those guys being effective.
1: Well, and and what have we always heard about the dolphins this year? It's how fast their players are. Like you constantly hear that, that, that was the big storyline. Well, the dolphins are just doing things the rest of the NFL can, you know, look at all the speed. That's great. But Ray, when you're not a hundred percent, you lose the speed. And now what do you got? And you know, Raheem Mostert, Jalen Waddle, Tyree kill. They're still fat. I mean, they're NFL players. But if you're number one thing, and I heard this everywhere, with speed, 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 that's what the Dolphins have on everybody in football. Well, now you don't, so what do you have? And uh, they're going to be on the road in Kansas City, uh, going to be frigid on Saturday night. You, you just tend to think, Ray, and I don't know if this is fair, but like Miami and zero-degree weather, you just they don't connect. Like <laughs> yeah. to a tongue of Iowa playing, and you know, they don't really connect. So, that is a worry, I think, for Saturday
0: night. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be frigid. in your word. That's the case. There's all these people talking about one of the coldest games and all this kind of stuff. And in that type of game, Miami's, yeah, they're used to 98 degrees with 99% humidity. Mm-hmm. But they're not – and to your point, this is not a grinded-out offense. Yeah. There's not an Icky yeah. Woods. There's not a, John, a, a Riggins back in the back. They're like, this This is a speed – that doesn't work there. So that's another level of concern. And, you know, it's really interesting because I think that both the Eagles and the Chiefs hit, hit the playoffs. It's like, yeah. But we talked earlier in the week, you know, the Eagles got the Bucks. I think the Chiefs have the advantage here against Miami. Both these teams might find their footing in week one. We'll see.
1: And, and what I – tend to enjoy about these games and it's very important for both teams the ball is a rock when you're throwing it and we know the Chiefs have had issues holding on to the football on passes like right, there's a part of me that says Kadarius Tony needs to be nowhere near the active roster for this We right.
0: <laughs> need stick him. call Lester Hayes man let's go
1: yeah but same thing for Miami it's like you better be ready to catch the football Uh, Because these are tough, that's, it's rarely talked about, but that's a really difficult part of playing games in sub-zero temperatures, is the ball is just a rock. And the quarterbacks are still throwing it as hard as ever, Uh, but there's not much give when these balls hit you in the paws. So uh, we'll see what goes on with those wide receivers. Speaking of wide receivers and of Saturday, uh, before that Chiefs-Dolphins game, the Browns and the Texans will meet. And right, right now, Noah Brown and Amari Cooper, both pretty big question marks, I, I think, for this game. And I, I'd like to believe they're going to play, but they did not practice on
0: Tuesday. I'm going to assume that Cooper was a rest. I think he's got a very legitimate chance to play. and In fact, I'm expecting him to play. Noah Brown, I've got no idea. Uh, and this is just a continuation as something we've talked about all year long. The Texans can't keep their wide receivers healthy. Don't know why it's just the way it's worked out. Uh, we're likely looking at, you know, 12, 14 targets, to Nico Collins, something like that. Robert Woods is beat up too. So uh, the Brown thing, I mean, he's, I mean, what, a, what an up talk about a guy that's done the yo-yo thing. I mean, there was a couple of weeks there where he put up 300 yards in back to back weeks and he's posting bagels. Then he's not playing. He has been all over the map. And right now I don't get a good sense uh, about his willingness or his ability to contribute in week one of the playoffs. Yeah, it's a back
1: injury with Brown. I think it's a heel mainly with Amari Cooper. So those are things to follow going into the week. We should note uh, Cleveland is not going to have Dustin Hopkins, their place kicker. So he missed the last couple of games this season. He's not ready. Uh, so what is it? Riley Patterson? I think that's who's going to be handling the kicking, if you dare. Um, he's going to be handling it for the Browns coming up on Saturday. A couple of other things. Uh, defensively, TJ Watt of the Steelers will not play in uh, the game against Buffalo. So he is out, you know, defensive player of the year kind of player, uh, not going to be available for the Steelers. And then, of course, the 49ers are off this week, but there was a uh, mention that they aren't even practicing Christian McCaffrey this week. Makes total sense. Um, And and Ray, you know, that that got swept under the rug because, you know, week 18, who's playing? Mm -hmm. McCaffrey, it wasn't like some major injury. Right. And then people just naturally expected him to sit. Even if he was healthy, he was going to sit in week 18. That was kind of the expectation. But we haven't heard really the the, the nature of this calf injury. I, I don't believe it's serious, but nobody has really reported on what's really going on with Christian McCaffrey.
0: Yeah, I found it really interesting. I looked this up because someone said, you know, spurred me to, to look it up. Derek Henry, Mr. Durable, right? He's had one year where he hasn't been healthy. He's always carrying the ball, carrying half the other team to the goal line with him like that. He's got two seasons in his career with 325 touches. Christian McCaffrey's got four. Mm. Okay. And, you know, McCaffrey was incredibly healthy this year. Uh, that's always been the knock with him. Because remember, he's had seasons, I think, of three and seven games played. He's an aging quarter running back. He led the NFL in k- touches yet again this season. I think the injury right now is minor as well. It didn't seem like a big deal when it happened. There's been no concern here in the Bay Area. I think it's smart to rest him. There's nothing to be gained here. But let's just hope that the CMC thing doesn't become the Raheem Mostert thing. Because Mostert was on his way to, you know, one of the greatest seasons in all of all time for the Dolphins franchise, scoring all these touchdowns. We kept saying he was going to get hurt. He never got hurt, and then he got hurt at the fantasy playoffs, and that was it. And now he's, you know, got issues coming into the playoffs. Let's hope that the Niners head into their game next week with a healthy Christian McCaffrey. Again, 49ers
1: off, Ravens off. Everybody else is playing this week. A quick look at the playoff schedule. We brought this up you know, earlier in the week. But uh, on Wednesdays, we usually like to get you set for the week to come. So here's what we've got. Plan your weekend accordingly. Two games on Saturday, three on Sunday, one on Monday. Uh, Cleveland-Houston, uh, that game is down in Texas. It's a 4:30 kickoff on Saturday. Uh, the Browns, Ray, are actually favored in that game. Uh, two and a half points. The over-under is 44 and a half. Uh, I, Cleveland's a great story, but kind of wonder what that's a tough game for me to pick because neither team do I look at and say, oh, they're, they're, they're a team you got to worry about. And I guess on occasion they are. I mean, Houston has gone places and won some big battles and Cleveland has won some big games. But I tend to think with the Browns, right, they are a very different defense when they've been at home this year. Like they are brute. They, they get after it in front of the home fans on the road. Not so much. I, I kind of think Houston should be a slight favorite, maybe a point or two. I kind of go the other way in this game.
0: It's tough because you've got Joe Flacco, and we've all seen Joe Flacco for two decades, and no one's overly impressed, but he was, he killed it for the most part down the stretch, despite the the interception, the turnovers. You've got a guy making his first playoff start in CJ Stroud. We just talked about the receiving core beat up. Tank Dell is out. They're looking at, you know, Brown being out again. Like that's, it's, 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 let's hope it's a good game. Right. Because I think there's a lot of storylines in that game that would be good for the league as well as good for us as fans.
1: Kansas City for a Saturday night, four and a half point favorite against Miami. Uh, Total, there's 44. I I guess that's all weather driven, right? Because you think to yourself, Kansas City against Miami, if that would happen in like October. Well, I'm even thinking they they played in uh, Germany trying to think what the overall it had to be in the 50s when those two teams met in Germany, but I guess the weather, it's all the way down at 44 for Saturday night.
0: Yeah, I mean they average over fifty together this season. So yeah, yeah. that's you know that that I think you're right there. And and there's partly what we talked about with the Dolphins. There's some concern I think with their offense going to look like in the weather and with the health situations as well.
1: Kickoffs on Sunday: one o'clock, four thirty, and eight fifteen. One o'clock, Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Buffalo is a double-digit favorite against the Steelers. We mentioned T.J. Watt being out, so that is a big hit for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, but ten points for Buffalo. The over/under is thirty-six. Uh, Ray, are are the Steelers that much of an underdog in your mind? Ten points is huge when you get to the postseason.
0: Yeah, I think that the T.J. Watt situation is obviously massive. Uh, Their defensive backfield's been beat up as well. Um, You know, the Dolphins, I mean, excuse me, the Bills have that ability, as we've seen repeatedly, to play a bad half of football and then, you know, score 17 points and a half kind of thing. I'm okay with that spread. I mm-hmm. think that, the, you know, because again, let's also remember Mason Rudolph has played well, but it's Mason Rudolph too. They're, so, yeah, I think the Bills win this one handily.
1: Packers, Cowboys uh, down in Big D. Dallas favored by 7.5 against Green Bay. The uh, total there is 50.5. But even later on Sunday, the eight fifteen 15 game, Rams and Lions, 51.5 obviously playing in the Dome. Detroit is favored by three. Uh, Ray, that Detroit team still wondering about Sam Laporta. Is it is that a biggie? Like, do you worry about the the Lions' offense without a guy like Laporta who had eighty four catches this year? Is that like maybe bigger than than losing than other teams losing a tight end? I guess.
0: I think it's fair because it's not just what Laporta does; it's the attention he draws, right? Uh, the safety valve nature. The The Lions receiving core, you know, Raymond had an issue with his leg last week, too. Their receiving core is not filled with, you know, bona fide guys. A lot of the receivers are smaller guys, too, Mm -hmm. physically. So I think it's significant. But this is also a team that, you know, can and will run the football effectively. Jared Goff, for the most part, has played good football, playing at home, all that kind of stuff. So I think it's a blow. But I think it is one that the Lions can overcome and still win the football game.
1: Again, that's Sunday evening uh, from Ford Field in Detroit, 8-15, the kickoff. Then Monday night, we're down in Tampa, uh, Philadelphia, taking on the Bucs. Uh, total is 44. The Eagles are a favorite. That's a dangerous favorite, isn't it, Ray? Eagles favored by three against
0: the Bucs. Uh, I think it is, yes. I think, I think it's the right call. I think it is dangerous, though. And I will say this, too. You know where I'm going. Listeners do, too. Why is the NFL playing on Monday? Come on, man. Ooh. Like, no, let's, let's play. Done. Let's get the guy seven days off and make it fair in the playoffs at least. Can we possibly? No, we can't do that even in the playoffs. Oh, come on, Ray. All oh. the things you could. You're, you're complaining
1: about that Monday I'm night? I'm complaining
0: night. about oh. that. They have one last day to prepare physically, mentally, emotionally for the next game. This is yeah, the playoffs. Everyone should be the next day get from Last game. Yeah. Well, and, and is it is it a coincidence that the, they're playing the late game when they've got AJ Brown hurt? I don't know. He's doing MRI today on his knee. Devonta Smith hurt. Did yeah. the league give them an extra day? <gasps> because it, I don't know. Well, anybody you put on Monday
1: has probably got an injured guy. That, that's going to feel better. You know? so, I don't know if it was an Eagles move. I, I think what happens, Ray, is the smallest audience of the weekend is either the early Saturday game. I, I got to look this up, but I feel like every single time the Houston Texans have been in the playoffs, I feel like, Ray, they play the early game on Saturday. Like they never get prime time respect. So the, the the two ugly windows are the early game on Saturday and Monday Night Football.
0: So. Well, at, and as Trigger Finger pointed out, the finger of Hertz isn't at one hundred percent. It's just another. It's conspiracy.
1: Conspiracy. That's yeah. that's what we traffic in here at FSD, or at least one of us traffics in it. First related flowers. Um, okay, playoff uh, fantasy football. Uh, I don't know if there's a lot of formats here, Ray. It's like maybe two or three different ones I think people have fallen into. Now, DFS is going on, and a lot of people love DFS, and I get it for, for the playoffs. DFS is a, a great deal of fun. And we do point you in the direction of Russell Clay, articles up at FantasyGuru.com, kind of giving his thoughts on the various setups. Uh, Ray, my favorite is One and Done. So that that's where I lean towards, which for people who haven't played that, um, you draft a new team every week. But every week, if you have already played a guy during the playoffs, he is no longer available to you. And what I appreciate it, Ray, is it kind of takes uh, the fantasy side of choosing which players are the best, but it also takes the side of real-life football and trying to figure out who's going to win, who's going to advance, who's going to be there at the end, and then kind of moving that jigsaw puzzle around. It's a league setup, Ray, where especially in the first week, Like, if you really want to be good at one and done that first week where you're getting set for all these games, Ray, I think the prep is like at least an hour to build your team. Like, if you really care about this now, most people aren't going to spend an hour on building their week one team. But, Ray, you got to look at which positions are strong, which teams are going to be one and done, which teams from the first weekend have a shot, in your opinion, of making it to the Super Bowl there's a lot of moving parts which I kind of love that you know fantasy football there's not so much you know you draft and then every week outside of injuries and bye weeks you kind of just roll them with things. but man with one and done in the playoffs it's and and I even think one and done in season can be fun. I know you and I have been a part of those leagues before, but in the playoffs especially, a lot of strategy goes into place with that uh, sort of league setup.
0: Yeah, it's really, and it's something you and I've done for years, uh, played the, the the playoff leagues. And, you know, Will, I always say it, work backwards. You know, you, like Kyle was saying, you got to put your grid together of who you think is going to make the Super Bowl and work backwards. Because, you, you know, you, you want to use the best option you can that aren't going to be playing the next week. So there's the balancing act of the players and the team, which, again, is, is something that Kyle loves. Uh, someone in Discord yesterday, uh, really interesting, Kyle, I don't want to get your take on this. They do the regular season and then their finals are in the playoffs. So this is still regular season for them. So the fantasy they draft a team in week one, they draft the team in week two. That's the finals, which to me I don't like at all because now we're we're like you said, during the regular season, we could care less who wins and loses games. In Mm. the in the playoffs, now we have to think about that. And I don't know, we're using totally different teams during the regular season. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it, it in effect is like saying, oh, what you did for 18 weeks, that's great and all, but who cares now? You know, build a whole new team. And now you're dealing with the postseason. I, I'm sure the people that are in it probably enjoy it. Um, which I'm not here to say this sucks, this one isn't. But to me, that's not very attractive. You know, I want to crown a champion who has players that he drafted back in August, you know, and he did well right. with those guys. Um, plus, you know, now you're down to what 14 of the 32 teams and. I don't know. It, it may be fun uh, to me. I, I just would be done with the regular season, finish that off and carry over into the playoffs and start anew. Um, other setups, Ray, you have the draft and hold setup, which I've never been a fan of because, you know, if things go wrong. You're done in week one, you know, and, and what's the use of playing anymore after that? Um, there are some leagues that are draft and hold, Ray, and I've noticed they give like bonus points. Um, If your guy survives, like every week that they play, they get three bonus points, which can even up the field a bit more. It also makes guys from the 49ers and Ravens a bit more attractive because if they get into the Super Bowl or even that league championship game, you know, they get those bonus points. Also, and I think Russell brought this up, multiplier leagues where maybe a touchdown in week one is worth six. But Ray in week two, if you get a touchdown, it's worth nine to kind of even up that that field and that does allow you to play catch up you know if you get buried in week one if you still have some guys in week two week three with that multiplier effect I guess you're still in it after the first week of the postseason
0: yeah I'm gonna say this just play the one and done because <laughs> you know I it, uh, to me and I you know this I, I try to simplify things I think there's enough complication involved with everything let's try to simplify things Play whatever format works for you. Play whatever one you like. Uh, the The one we're describing now with the multiplier. I don't like that. I don't like Ooh. that. I know that that is a popular uh, format for people. I would play the one and done. You know, and I think there's enough strategy, team wise and player wise, to, to work through with that. It is the one I'm most comfortable with. But I think the reason I'm most comfortable with, with is it is also because I think it's the best format to utilize.
1: Uh, what about best ball? I, I haven't really thought of best ball for the playoffs, but I, I guess it's out there and available. People love best ball for the regular season. It allows them to draft in May, you know, and build teams. But what about for the postseason? Because I, I, I've seen that in a few places, the idea of best ball.
0: I mean, you know, again, if that's what you want to do, go for it. I, I, I would rather do I, I would rather do the, the one and die. Let's be honest about this. If you can't commit 10 minutes a week to putting a team together, do you really care? I mean, you know, the best ball thing is, is you know, people do 100 of them and they're trying to win money and they're trying to prep, like learn the, the ins and outs of drafting. For the playoffs, you, you can't spend 10 minutes a week putting a team together. So I, I, don't, I don't, you know, for me, no. But for a lot of other people, sure. Because that, again, you have to predict the wins, the losses, how far a team's going to go. There is obviously that second level of strategy there. I just would prefer to go on a weekly basis.
1: I, I believe, and I don't know this for a fact, but I believe, Ray, all the providers – do have some sort of playoff leagues available. So if people, I I think all the ones I've been in, Ray, um, are my fantasy league, which I've enjoyed. I I don't play on, you know, MFL in season too much anymore. Used to back in the day, but haven't had many leagues there lately. But my playoff leagues, Ray, I think have always been with my fantasy league. And perhaps that's because they're very user-friendly. And I say that as in, you can pretty well create whatever kind of setup and whatever kind of scoring and rosters that you want there. There's a lot of commissioner control available at my fantasy league. And for me, that's, it's been very good for the playoffs. So if people are looking for for a league that's probably just through experience Mm -hmm. where I would send people.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's very basic looking, but I like (laughs) that. It's not overly complicated. There's not videos playing in the background. (laughs) Uh, And it's, it's like you said, it's very customizable. And it's it, my fantasy league is the spot I think that I mean, I going back on a decade now, we've used for, for the yeah. playoffs, you know, we're using it again for the listener league, on uh, the elite, elite sports listener league on Sirius XM fantasy sports radio with Jeff Manns. Uh, there's a hundred spots available. I think it's down to the high 80s now or something to listen to the show today on Sirius XM three to five Eastern. Um, but yeah, I think that. For a decade, that's been the, the default, and I'm totally happy with it.
1: Yeah, and as we talk about it this week, obviously we'll hit on some DFS stuff because that's going to be big Saturday and Sunday, even Monday. Um, And we'll have coverage at FantasyGuru.com, so fear not. There'll be cheat sheets, all that stuff. But when Ray and I kind of talk about playoff leagues, we're going to do this uh, Thursday and Friday on the show, Uh, we'll kind of focus on the one-and-done setup. So that's kind of where we'll keep it uh, for our purposes, it, both Ray and I appreciate that setup more so we'll kind of focus our d- discussion on that if you've got questions for your own playoff league though by all means you can hit us up in chat uh you can go to discord people are willing to help on that front too uh but certainly do something it's, it's a lot of fun and it gives you a little extra juice uh for the upcoming weekend uh looking at the texans uh cuz I wanted to clarify this right I pulled up their playoff history okay uh wild card round uh they have played in 2011 the early game against the Bengals on Saturday, 2012. The early game against the Bengals on a Saturday. 2015 um, was the early game <laughs> on a Saturday <laughs> against the Chiefs.
0: That's a good trend.
1: 2016. I don't know if this was the early day, but early game, but I believe it was against the Raiders on a Saturday. <laughs> 2018, the early game against the Colts on a Saturday. Um, And then 2019, it was a Saturday against Buffalo in the early game. So in the wild card round, Ray, you can be assured of one thing. The Texans will always play that early game on Saturday. Now, they have played on Sundays in the next round and stuff, but it's always Saturday for the wild card round with the Texans. They own that slot.
0: I know this is not practical because of television. I understand that. But every game should be on Sunday. Just like I was talking about teams on Monday, guys playing this week on Saturday, they lose a day too. And this is not – it's bad. It's after an entire season of games and all the injuries, you're also condensing the amount of time the coaching staffs have to implement. It doesn't change the outcome, right? I'm Of course it does. Of course at some point over the last 10 years when they've done this, of course it has. Players have been hurt. Coaching staffs haven't been able to implement all the plays they want on offense and defense. It's a big, it's a it should just be the same because every team should just be dealt with the same. Whether it's right or wrong, they should all be the same. In this instance, it's staggered, just not good. I understand it. It's never yeah. going to change, but it's just not good. Renee
1: Flowers begs for the day where every game started at one o'clock on Sunday.
0: It was weird no night games,
1: no afternoon games, no Thursday, every single and as somebody Ray who has to follow all this action on Sunday, I totally disagree with you. That would be hell on earth. If, if one o'clock Eastern every Sunday 16 games kicked off that that would be impossible to keep track of.
0: It was interesting in week 18 with the schedule change, right? Because there yeah. were so many afternoon games. I'm like, oh wow, because I don't know, maybe yeah. for East Coast people it sucked, but as a West Coast person, I'm like, yeah, I could yeah. I could deal with this. But yeah, it was it was yeah. different.
1: Yeah. yeah, throughout the season, the, the the late afternoon slot on Sunday, yeah. there's like a max of four games. Yeah. I mean, maybe there was one other week with five, but this last week and it was seven. Yeah. Um again, this week, two on Saturday, three on Sunday, and one on Monday. And Ray Flowers can cry about it all weekend long um nfl coaching news uh mike rabel out you surprised by that ray i i'm a little surprised by that i will say this they're now looking for a coach um they're gonna probably be looking for a new running back they're probably moving on from ryan Tannehill. like it's it's rebuild time with the titans isn't it
0: it is yeah and it's actually probably a good thing for rabel so he doesn't end up with a bunch of five and six win seasons on his record because this team is this team's in trouble uh, and they got a lot of work to do. And it's not a quick fix because, as you noted, they, they don't have a running back. They don't have a quarterback, which is the biggest piece. The defense is starting to struggle as well. So that's an organization that's going to have to probably go down a little bit more before they go up. Vrabel's
1: going to have a job immediately, I, I, I would assume. Like, the Patriots is a natural one, I think. Um, but, Ray, he, he could end up in L.A. He could end up in Vegas. Atlanta? We won't be going to Chicago. We've got to report Matt Eberflus is back for 2024. But even Carolina, like he, he should really have his pick of the litter. And, and that's coming off of what a, a pretty ugly season, like the team wasn't performing well. Um, the last two years haven't been good for the Titans, but he can still pretty well walk up to any GM and they'll hand him the job, I bet.
0: I would think, I mean, he's obviously very accomplished. I think that uh, you hear only good things with him. Uh, He's had a track record of success. Uh, I find it interesting. uh, Mike Garofalo, there's a report out this morning that there's real interest in the Panthers head coaching job. Who the hell wants to coach the Panthers? That organization's in the toilet. We don't know about the quarterback. We know yeah. that their owner is a hothead. Like I I why would Mike Frabel's not going there unless they pay him a gazillion dollars? Why would right. he
1: do that? I, I, that? I agree with you. Who would want to go there? But yeah. then like the Raiders, is that a spot you want to go? I mean, they they just tear through coaches left and right. Uh they'll pay you a lot of money, but it it seems to be a mess there. And the Chargers, you know, you hear I I know Justin Herbert's like, wow, I get a, a franchise quarterback. That's like awesome, but everybody when they talk about la they talk about like the, the spanos family and they're just two hands-on they're too involved and so it's like three organizations there ray where it's like do you really want to deal with that crap and hey everybody wants an nfl head coaching job um so so i guess you'll bite your tongue and deal with it hope for the best i did notice the chargers they've requested upwards of 30 dudes to interview <laughs> I, I mean, everybody's requesting guys, right? But the Chargers, it's like out of control with all the people they're bringing in.
0: Yeah, I love that he talked to Kellen Moore, the guy who oversaw that wondrous <laughs> offense. Let's have <laughs> him be our head coach. Um, I, I mean, look, it, like you said, it's NFL head coaching jobs. There's 32 of them, right? And, you know, if there's one offered, I guess, even if it's the Panther, when you take it, right? Because when are you going to get another opportunity? The problem is you have to gauge the... It's different if you're 35 years old or you're 62 years old, right? There's a difference there. Uh, the Chargers have pieces if they can stay healthy on offense they've got the quarterback at least which is a kind of a prime and important piece obviously but that organization like you said it's tough when you when you when you see organizations wallow in mediocrity for years and they change the players and they change the coach what's the consist it's the ownership that is something to think about
1: yeah Atlanta's kind of dealing with that too another. Open position there. Uh, We'll get you some more football tomorrow. Obviously, more on the playoffs. We'll see if uh, any coaching hires do occur, injuries, all that stuff. Got about 10 minutes here, Ray, and uh, the long-awaited promise will finally come to fruition. Um, Baseball. going to do a little baseball here because Ray and I have not been able to talk uh, much at all the last five days about the world of Major League Baseball, getting set for Week 18, the playoffs, all that good stuff. But, but Ray, we have had uh, some decent-sized signings. In the last few days, even a big trade uh, here in the last 15 hours or so, Ray, it sounds like the Cubs, who have not made a move all see- off season, like they've been extremely quiet. Ray, Shota, I think it's Imanaga. Is that right? Do you know for sure that the pronunciation? That sounds,
0: is? I think that's fair. Yes. We're
1: going to go with that. Imanaga for now. Uh, we'll certainly learn it as, as we uh, hear. But I think he's undergoing a physical today. Um, sounds like they've already got a press conference for Friday. Right, he's not like the most sought-after dude. I mean, we saw Yamamoto be the most sought-after dude from Japan, and we've seen some other relievers, ink deals. The Padres added a couple of them. Uh, but what are we looking at with uh, Imam Naga going to the Cubs?
0: Yeah, and I, I love Jim Bowden tweeted out last night when the deal was kind of being announced unofficially that this is a super complicated deal with 47 opt-outs and 37. <laughs> like, I, I mean, more power. It, it's really interesting how some players have so much power because it's like – you know, Imanaga's never thrown a pitch, obviously, in the big leagues, and he's getting all kinds of opt-outs in his contract, and there's all yeah. these teams bidding for his services. I think there's always the concern, as we discuss and everyone discusses, and this will be something I dive into more because uh, I guess I have to throw him into the, the rookie article at <laughs> fantasyguru.com, even yeah. though he's not a rookie. Um, dive in more, too, but there's always a the concern because the game is different here. The strike zone is different here. The training is different here. The baseball is different. The stadiums are different. Everything is different, Right. And when you see a lot of these pitchers like Imanaga, you hear a lot of things and you see the numbers of control, 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 because there's risk avoidance is a huge thing Mm -hmm. in the Asian countries. And he's very good at controlling the strike zone. Does he have overpowering stuff? No. Is he a dominator? No. Is he someone that can be, as the question from David, David P. there says, can he be a three or four in the rotation for the Cubs? I think that's their expectation. Now, that's not three or four in the fantasy game. That's a three or four for the Cubs. I think he's a mid-rotation major league arm. I think that's kind of what we're setting as the baseline, and we'll dive in more to kind of hone that a little bit more, Kyle. Well,
1: we should know, Ray, he's 30, mm-hmm. so he's a lot older than a guy like Yamamoto. I, I haven't seen the innings on his arm. Um, I didn't pull up any stats. Maybe you can take a look at that. I will say, in my investigation of uh, Shoda Imanaga, um, he has a great nickname. And-, and this is so, like, Japanese baseball or, you know, style nickname he is called the pitching philosopher so ray we're, we're bringing a philosopher to major league baseball they, they don't give those nicknames stateside but he is oh no, no not the pitching the throwing philosopher uh, even better, the throwing philosopher i just may call him that for shorthand the philosopher with the cubs
0: he's a left-handed greg maddox that's who he is yeah, exactly. uh, he, he's thrown 1129 innings uh, in eight years, he's had one season of 160 innings pitched. Okay. That's not rare. That's how the game is played, the six-man rotations and everything like that. So that's one of the big transitions to the States is, you know, how do they handle the change in from six-man to five-man, the, the, this calendar itself? But, I mean, he's got seasons 150, 150, 150. He's very reasonable to think he can throw 160 innings this season.
1: Uh, sounds like about $15 million a year, and as Ray said, it's going to be a really complicated contract, so we'll have to see, but uh... – That's kind of the salary we're working with, I guess, on that front. Uh, Ray, speaking of pitching, your Giants um, have added some pitching. Unfortunately, it's a guy who won't be healthy, I don't think, on opening day. Uh, They made a trade over the weekend bringing in Robbie Ray from Seattle, uh, giving up Mitch Haniger, who's back in Seattle. Uh, The Ray side of this, Ray, it it, it appears like every single year there's like two pitchers where we go into draft season. It's like, oh, I'm going to stash this guy, you know, because he's going to be back. And. I guess this year, Robbie Ray will be one of them. Probably Max Scherzer, Mm -hmm. I'm guessing, is another. Um, And they may be another couple guys. Clayton Kershaw, too. Yeah, Clayton Kershaw. That's a good point. So so a lot of guys. But, man, it it always sounds good to stash these guys on draft day. But I I feel like, Ray, it's more of a letdown than, like, a, a big win when a guy doesn't return until July. I always feel like... You know, we get anxious and excited about this. We think they're going to return and just be ready to roar. And I guess it happens, but I feel like a lot of these guys, Ray, it's they come back and their innings are still down. They're getting skipped, and they aren't as effective. Uh, you know, a guy like Scherzer is going to be pushing forty coming off such an injury. But with Robbie Ray, um, what do we think in June? Is is that kind of the expectation
0: for him? Maybe even later. Maybe the second half after the All Star break okay. is kind of what you know you're hearing. I think it's very interesting. According to what I read, he has an opt out after this season in his contract, which is, I mean, I, he's leaving the Giants after the season if it doesn't go perfectly, right? So that's great for the Giants. I don't know why the Giants continue to sign or trade for guys that have opt outs in the contract. Is bewildering to me. Uh, but I, I think in the case of Ray, sounds like his recovery is going well and everything. And the expectations are, you know, at one point he'll be able to return to who he was. But what's the one issue with Robbie Ray that we've always dealt with? Control him. What's the one issue coming back from surgery that's always an issue? Control. Control. I mean, he might have a five and a half ERA, you know, and then have a whip of one four six. So I think it was a fine move for the Giants if they could convince Ray to stay long term. Uh, I don't. I agree with you. I don't know how much of a payoff we get this season. And you know, if you have a league where you got unlimited, you know, IL spots, or okay, fine, you can take Ray, the last pick, that kind of thing. But I agree with you. I think that as we go through this. More often than not, the guys that we think in March are going to really give us something in the second half when they return from that injury don't usually pay off.
1: You know, and in the case of Haniger Ray, um, I guess he's not injured right now, but he's bound to get injured soon. <laughs> and, and that's the issue with him. I, I got nothing against Mitch Haniger Ray, but I can never like target him or load up on Mitch Hanager's shares just because there's always something keeping this guy on the sidelines.
0: Yeah, he's 33 years old now, and his last healthy season was with Seattle in 2021, and he had 39 home runs and 100 RBIs and 100 runs. Like He was really good, and you know, he was almost that good in 2018. So we have seen him be very productive, but he's 33. You're totally right to say there's injuries all the time. He didn't play in the 2020 season. He's been under 65 games each of the last two years. In a mixed league, I think you're a glutton for punishment if you take him. You know, yeah. in an AL-only league, let's let's go. Like, let's take that chance that he hits 25 home runs, stays healthy enough to do that. But in a mixed league scenario, he's got to be well down your draft board.
1: And then uh, another Seattle outfielder um, has moved on to LA. Teoscar Hernandez over the weekend, Ray, uh, inking a deal with the Dodgers. Who else? Everybody wants to be a Dodger. The power's legit, Ray. I don't think there's any doubt this guy can, even in LA, hit 25 home runs. It's just. What else is there, I guess, to Teoscar Hernandez's game? Um, he's into his 30s now. You know, so strikeouts probably will continue to go up. I don't know if the average is going to be there. Your level of interest with Hernandez, I mean, you love going to that kind of lineup, and it sounds like maybe not a true everyday gig, but he's going to play a lot with the L.A. Dodgers. And one issue you've got is the D.H. is eaten up by Otani, so you're not going to be able to D.H. Teoscar Hernandez. Um, and they do have some moving pieces in the outfield that they can adjust, but Hernandez, if healthy, probably looking at 140 games starting with the LA Dodgers.
0: Yeah. And I mean, he's a legitimate power hitter to your point. It's going to be a great lineup for support and run production and all of that. Uh, we saw him take a massive step forward in 2021 when it all came together. Yeah. And one of the big keys that season was that here's a guy that strikes out 30 plus percent at the time who dropped the strikeout rate down to 25%. Big difference, right? And that led to the success he had. Two years ago, the number went up to 28%. Last year, the number was back up over 31%. He struck out 211 times last year. So, when you're that swing and miss, I mean, your batting average fluctuates. We, Max Muncie is teammate now. Same kind of thing. Like, there's a lot of strikeouts here. So, you know, he, he's hit 285 or better in two of the last four years. The last two years, he's been under 270. He could be in the 230s with that strikeout yeah. rate. That's the real issue with him. And because of the crowded nature of the outfield, as you pointed out, I think that you know we want to get super excited for him because of the team and what's going on there with the Dodgers, but I think we have to be a little cautious because of the strikeouts and the potential loss of playing time as well.
1: Um, elsewhere, it sounds like the Yankees are the leader to get Marcus Stroman. Uh, they do need some pitching, so that's kind of a perfect fit there, a veteran that's not going to cost you an arm and a leg, but can certainly fill in as a number three starter, maybe even a four with the Yankees. Um, on the other side of town, right, do you care about Sean Mania? Going to the Mets is—is that is moving the needle at all for you?
0: Interesting. Uh, as someone who watched him with the Giants, you know he's—he was utilized as an opener. He's utilized as a long mm-hmm. reliever, a starter. He was kind of that flex guy in the pitching staff. And not that two years, twenty-eight million dollars is a huge contract for the Mets, but that's not reliever money. That's mm-hmm. starter money, right? So they—they they assume he's going to be starting. And uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the addition of the sweeper and the velocity came back last year. I think it's a fine signing for what it was. I think he's got the opportunity to be, you know, a decent fourth, fifth starter for the Mets. Am I excited in the fantasy space? No. I mean, you can round a rotation out with him. You know, I think you can you can get a Taiwan Walker kind of season out of him, which is perfectly acceptable, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not. I'm not expecting him to return to the days of five years ago when there was the hope he'd become a star. I don't mm-hmm. see that happen.
1: Uh, still waiting on signings with Bellinger, uh, with Hayter. Stroman, who we were talking about. So uh, still some big names out there. Not a whole lot shaken. I haven't heard a thing with Josh Hader, very little with Cody Bellinger. Uh, So we'll see what happens with those guys as we proceed. Uh, Should note, because we've talked about him before, Wander Franco, if you haven't been following that story. uh, Ray, I think that the the charges, um, I hate to say they're not severe because they are, but they're a little less is the expectation from the Dominican Republic. Um, he's still facing some prison time. I I guess the other news here is even if he's innocent, you know, if he goes to court and nothing happens, um, I guess his future in baseball's pretty up in the air. And that's crazy to think about. I mean, Wander Franco was supposed to be, you know, a star for 10 years. Tampa Bay is paying him like that, but there's a lot of, uh, Assumptions being made that, that maybe his visa will be revoked and we may never see Wander Franco again in Major League Baseball.
0: Yeah, Ken Rosenthal did a, uh, a write up about this and mentioned the, the visa issue. You know, and I guess there's a very real chance the United States won't let him back in the country. So if that's the case, obviously all of this is a moot point. I think that it does sound like, to your, your point, Kyle, that the charges may not be as serious, still extremely yes. serious, but not as serious as a ri- original. Uh, but it, they're, they're, Hasn't been anything that's happened the last week to change the opinion that Juan Franco's played his last game of major league baseball mm-hmm. and you know, $180 million face of a franchise, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it that's on life support barely right now. Um, and it does sound like jail time is a real possibility still.
1: And, and honestly, if he were, you know, the whole visa thing and American, you know, he's facing charges in another country I don't know the legal system in the Dominican. We'll just have to see how long it takes. (laughs) You know, they've been investigating now for a number of months. Uh, He was charged. Uh, He's out on release now, but we'll just see how long the process takes. No idea. I don't know if they plea bargain stuff. Who knows how this will work out for Wander Franco. So we'll just have to see there. Um, As is, you probably don't need to be drafting Wander Franco if you're in uh, early drafts. Uh, Baseball guide, Ray, hopefully in the next uh, four or five days, right? That's the plan.
0: Uh, uh, I'm having a conversation today that I hope will clarify that, but that would be my intention, Kyle. How about
1: this? When it's official, people, we will let you know on Very Fantasy quickly. Sports okay. Daily. You can rest assured of that. Uh, we'll tell you how you can get uh, the greatest of Ray Flowers uh, for 2024 and beyond. Uh, that'll do it for us today on Fantasy Sports Daily. Again, apologies on the microphone. Uh, Ray's going to be talking with people about getting the baseball guide up. I'm going to be uh, throwing computers against the wall and trying to figure things out here. Hopefully, tomorrow, everything will be back to normal. So that that is the plan. Uh, Ray, you have a good rest of your Wednesday, and we'll do it again tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern, okay? Sounds like a plan, Kyle. Ray Flowers there. Kyle offering here. Thanks to all of the folks hanging out with us and viewing and listening to us on this Wednesday. We'll catch you on Thursday right here, Fantasy Sports Daily, powered by FantasyGuru.com.